Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park It is, uh, what day is it? Uh, July 13th. It's, it's still April, right? <laughs> yeah, July 13th, 2020. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. This feels really weird to be back in your guys, uh, back in your guys' life. Kevin, you're lagging quite a bit. Well, I can't help that. It's, it's all the alcohol. It's clogging up my bandwidth. Yeah, I think so. Thank Coming you correct guys tonight. For, yeah. True return to form. Going Claws? double barrel tonight. Doing double barrel tonight just for everybody. Oh, man. Feels good to be I, back. I don't I have am to Tim drive. Herb. Yeah, you don't have to drive. You don't have to worry about any of that. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, to that side of the screen. I can't figure this out. It's like left, right is all thrown off. Yeah, it's weird. It, that way. That way. So I, I look at the, the old scarf wall. It looks a lot different no, in here. That way. Okay. It is, yeah, it is. It is way different in here now that I've had to convert this into my home, like pretty much daily home office. So Yeah, and I've been trying to get mine into order. And so I have empty shelves and things that just looks like I'm in an abandoned warehouse half the time. So, yeah, this is uh, correct. Brian says this podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at StreamYard. That is correct because we stopped paying for the uh, subscription for it. So we have to have the watermark on there. Kevin, I know you're not a fan of this, but for the spicy water drinkers in the trap, have you guys tasted this limoncello? We went to uh, my brother-in-law's wedding and uh, my in-law's, the lovely uh, Joe and Judy, they got us, mostly me, because I'm the spicy water drinker, but they made limoncello for the wedding, and they got this for me because I don't drink, obviously, and uh, yeah, it's friggin' delicious. It's I you, you like the lemon and lime ones, right? Fine? Yeah, I mean, I've got the soda stream now, so that's pretty much all I drink at this point and I don't mm. put anything in it half the time. Yeah. Brian, that's another one. So they got the variety pack, I think from Costco with the fancy ones on them. And uh, he said the pastec, pastecue, how it's, I think it's French for watermelon. That one's very good as well. That one's very good. Um, but yes, I, I, it feels so good to have everybody in here. Just seeing everybody. It does. I, I mean, Marshall, I thought for sure Marshall nobody Boyd was, was in up. there. Marshall Boyd was in there 29 minutes early. <laughs> to Elliot Beaven too, and Brian Daniels, and Brian, and Saul Lopez, and I know um, who else do we got in here? Bill Holcomb. You know, you know who we can always depend to be on in there. Brittany S. Brittany S. <laughs> Brittany S. The real MVP. Uh, Dean Worley doesn't know what spicy water is. I had to explain that on Twitter the other day. And for anybody who's listening, here's us refer to it as spicy water. My niece and nephew, whenever they were very little, loved Lacroix. 
but they didn't know any other way to describe it, the bubbles, than calling it spicy because it yeah. was hurting their mouth whenever they were drinking it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we got Domer and Dean Worley and we got Richard Gordon. What's going on, guys? It's just good to know oh. that all these people are still uninfected, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more than anything, well, this is really just more a roll call. More than infected and they have sure, no idea. Yeah, yeah, more than anything, it's just a COVID roll call at this point. Yeah. Making sure everybody's still with us. Uh, um, yeah, it's Michelle joining us too. Thank you guys for taking time out of your definitely not busy Monday night. <laughs> no, everybody's in quarantine. Not at uh, all. It's just always the same. Every day is the same. Um, I want to address Elliot Beaven's comment. He's saying, Tim, how does it feel for you that Liverpool finally winning the league? Uh, it feels very good. But I was telling Kevin the day that it happened, it felt weird. Because we had had, and it's almost, I feel this way about the MLS's back tournament right now too, and I think it's kind of relevant to this, where the time off in between things, it almost feels like there's been a lockout. And it feels weird. It almost feels like, like in the 1998, it was a 98-99 NBA season, which was shortened by a lockout. It felt very weird, and it got, it, it just takes more effort, I think, to get into it. And it, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's hard to get. It's hard to get up for all these MLS games, obviously outside of the Atlanta United stuff. But um, everything kind of has like this lackluster feel to it a little bit. I think all the teams getting back into the groove. It's almost like watching, not even preseason, like watching CCL, like watching or watching um, the beginning of the U.S. Open Cup, where it seems like teams are just getting their bearings again. So is CCL done? Right? Are they just not going to finish it this year? I guess. I think it was canceled. If I'm not mistaken, it was canceled, right? I don't remember. I, I feel like I've just been – every time I check Twitter, the normal things that I go to look at Twitter for no longer exist. It's just COVID and politics at this point. So, Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Bill's it, asking who's been getting up watching the uh, 9 a.m. games. Have you watched any of those? I know. I, I watched the one last week um, kind of in the background, the NYC – FC game. Um, I mean, obviously I'm working, so it's kind of tough. So I just kind of have it on in the background. Yeah, same here. I kind of roll out of bed, get my coffee, and then come and start working and then realize, oh, shit, there's a MLS game going on right now. It feels like we're watching the World Cup, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still have to – man, yeah. I, Angie and I have been doing a lot of renovating and a lot of painting and stuff, so I like I haven't put my TV back up in my office, which is good for work, right? So, right. But, yeah. It's uh, but yeah, the, the tournament. So have you watched been, uh, any other leagues or any other games besides the Atlanta United game? Um, very little. Um, trying to remember what I did put on the other day. It was I, I wanted to watch the Columbus and Cincinnati game, uh, for obvious reasons. But there was also a uh UFC card with three title fights on it. Yeah, I mean night, that game didn't so. even start until like twelve o'clock at night, right? Yeah, but that's when the title fights were starting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, what about you? I, I that's that's a game that was very interesting. Like seeing the result at least, and saying that Columbus completely drubbed Cincinnati. It's like which. It's probably a, it's a combination of it's a little column A, column B, right? Where Cincinnati really is that bad, but Columbus is a pretty good team. 
Yeah, I unfortunately did not really look into that game or watch it. Um, that's one I probably should have watched. I think the only two games aside from Atlanta's that I've watched out of the tournament so far were the opener with uh, Orlando and Miami FC and then um, the little bit of the NYC FC game that I just kind of passively tuned into. So, Yeah. But the big but one, yeah. obviously, was Saturday night. It was um... – so the big weird. thing, the big thing before we get into the game, and I'm interested since we do have such a great turnout in the trap. Thank you guys again for tuning in. It's been, it's been far too long. It's it's good it to know that it's good to know that the the seat's still warm, so to speak, and you guys are all here to show up and show out whenever the mics do come on. So thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. But the the question I have for you guys and for you, Tim, is. Crowd noise or no crowd noise? Oh God! So, Fox, Fox's implementation of crowd noise for the game, at least our game on Saturday, was the worst implementation I think I've heard of it yet. I, I'd actually gotten pretty used to it. Watch, I've been watching a lot of, you know, before MLS was back, watching a lot of the Bundesliga games. I think mostly just watching the American kids, see how they were doing. You know, Josh Sargent, Weston McKinney, and them, and. They did it. It started off very weird. It was it was strange. It didn't seem like they really knew what they were doing. But as time went on, the DJs or whoever you want to call them, the producers that were doing it, the soundboards they had were awesome. They were doing a great job queuing it up. The sound mixing was great. The problem on Saturday night from the jump, and it was immediately Angie was like, I can't hear the commentators. <laughs> I like I can't TV. hear a I can't First, hear a damn thing they're saying. First of all, I like that JP Dorigo, who has never watched any sport game in his entire fucking life, is somehow tuning in live to us. So I'm glad JP's here at least. Uh, but yeah, I, it's tough, man. Like I, I definitely, and it seems like everybody in the traps sort of on the same board where it's no crowd noise, at least to the extent that they've been doing it with the um MLS is back tournament where it's just out of sync or just arbitrarily placed there. I'd much rather hear the tactics and the players on the field more so than just a, a smorgasbord of whistles and cheers. Yeah, this is interesting. Brian Daniels, I just pinned this on. I keep forgetting I could do this on StreamYard, pinning Brian Daniels' comment because everybody's kind of giving their two cents on, on the crowd noise saying, I was freaked out about the piped in noise, then switched. And then the silence killed me, so I switched back. It's like there's no, there's no win. Like you almost seem like it's you're almost captive to the crowd noise at that point. Because like what Brittany S says, um, she, you know, so she said she was used to the crowd noise as well, and she likes it better. Agreed. If it's done well, it is. And I did like. I know people were complaining about the camera angles, but from what I could tell, I understood what they were trying to do to avoid the crowd shots. I, I don't yeah, know. but at the same it, time, you've got to at least have the touch line in frame. Like that's the most frustrating thing to me is that the closest line is completely out of frame. So anytime the ball gets within five to ten yards of the touch line closest to the camera, you can't see anything. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, Michelle mentioned. Progress. Yeah, exactly. It, it really is. And Michelle mentions, I want to hear Frank cuss. I think that was something that the Cooligans mentioned, which was, I want to hear uh, unedited, you know, field, field talking, and maybe they could have that through MLS.com or whatever, or MLS Live, whatever their paid service is, where you just get the unedited, unfiltered 
talking on the field. But I didn't think MLS, I didn't think the MLS Live app or whatever existed anymore, right? I thought that was consolidated. I could have sworn that ESPN Plus was going to have the majority of, like they were going to broadcast all MLS games, if not all, then the ones that weren't on Fox Sports, um, which which is great if that is the case moving forward because it's only four ninety nine a month versus the YouTube TV subscription, which we just canceled. That's- right, which was going to be the other question that I had for everybody, which is those of you that don't have cable, what way are you going to watch games now? I know that some people were like us that had a YouTube TV subscription and then the price went up another 15 bucks. So we've backed out of that and are kind of looking for an alternative. And I just... I, I think we haven't really even landed on what that may be right now because I don't know what those options are anymore within a reasonable price range. I don't think there is a reasonable price range, to be honest. I mean, you were looking into Sling TV and the Sling TV option was ESPN on one tier for 30 bucks, Fox Sports on the other tier for 30 bucks, but not not combining them less than 50 bucks or something like that. Right. Yeah. And then the same thing. It's like, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I don't know. Dean's saying that he's still he's still doing YouTube TV. It's still the best. It's it is the best. But the problem is, I didn't want to pay fifteen extra dollars to get ridiculousness reruns on my on my YouTube. Concert. But what about Robin Big? They don't play that anymore, though, do they? I don't know, man. R.I.P. Yeah, exactly. Taken way too young. Yeah, um, it looks like people are still. Bill Holcomb still has YouTube TV. Joe Johnson. Wait, did he die? Did Big die? Chris Boykin, he died a long time ago. What? How did I miss that? I did not know right? that. No, 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 no. Yeah, he did. Right? Yeah, he I died in uh, he died in May 2017. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm. It's been a while since he's passed. Um, who yeah, said- Brittany S. mentioned Sling, but like you were saying, and I looked up, it's like they have the two packages and like one of them gets half of the sport channels and the other one doesn't. Like, so anytime, if I get one of the, the, the memberships, I'll have be covered if it's all, if the matches are on ESPN or like local channels, but then not if it's on any of the Fox networks or the local Fox networks. I don't know, man. We'll fit. We'll figure it away. Life finds a way, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Life finds a way. Um, so we did have a game on Saturday night. Yeah, I guess so. Something like that, right? You say you say that, but like the more I think about it, the less like I was pretty discouraged at first. If we just want to get into it, I felt like pretty disheartened by the result and by the way we were playing. But at the same time, the more I look back on it, okay, let's let's just get it. Lineup. You want to talk lineup? Yeah. So I what? think the biggest thing, I guess the couple of biggest things for me were that it was good to see Miles Robinson has recovered enough and is in the lineup again. Um, seeing George Bellow get the call up for the start and then not seeing Barco in the starting lineup because I guess he had taken that knock during uh, training leading up to the game. He ultimately came in later on, but wasn't in that starting lineup. So um, I think the, the main transition for his role was um having Joseto up top and then uh pulling in Castro to fill into the lineup so or as Brad Guzan calls him Rosie I don't know if you <laughs> caught that whatever he's yelling at him during the corner he's like Rosie Aki Rosie um, it's like he, he speaks Portuguese <laughs> <that's great. laughs> I don't know if that's anyway I don't know if they 
if it's that similar. But yeah, I mean, we saw a very um, an interesting lineup. I think to your point, George Bella, I thought was as much as Miles Robinson, it was great to see George Bella back in the lineup. And I thought that he played aside from obviously hitting the crossbar. I thought he was kind of a bright spot. I thought he and I mean, on that play, he and Petey linking up the way that they did was was fantastic. Um, and then, I don't know, Brooks Lennon, I felt like was was a good spot too. Um, but yeah, there were definitely some poor spots. I mean, I mentioned it, Brian Daniels mentions this, that Castro was total pants. I don't if, if that's internet talk for just bad. Then Yeah, I, I think that was the worst looking performance out of the 11 this weekend for me was Castro. Yeah, no, I mean, no mul- doubt. Yeah. Multiple opportunities in front of an open goal. Um, unable to capitalize on it. Several touches where he's got open players adjacent to him without distributing it in any, any sort of fashion that you can look back on in a positive light. Just, and I don't know if it was just sort of first game jitters. It's the first game he's playing with Atlanta. Um, it's obviously trying to figure out where he fits into the lineup with those moving parts and pieces attribute it to whatever you want to, as far as just open field play. But those, those few opportunities that he had directly in front of goal to do the exact same thing multiple times where he's six yards out and is just skying it is you've got to be a little better than that. In my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty poor. I mean, uh, revisionist history or not revisionist history i guess I, I don't know if what the word is for it but you know you go back you put george bello in there for manuel castro and i think the game's completely different um if you start in that fashion right um yeah I, yeah it's it's so, tough i mean i think Be- to me bello and and, and pd were the bright spots i thought pd played outstanding outstandingly well on saturday I do too. And and a lot of people seem to echo that uh, sentiment to try to get this into a form because it's been so long since we've talked about things and so much of the lineup has changed out. Maybe it makes sense to just kind of go player by player. It doesn't mean that we have to have a full overall analytical breakdown of everybody, but just to um, maybe give a few talking points on each, uh, just go down the lineup for Saturday. So uh, let's just start at the back with uh, Guzan. What were your thoughts on him? This weekend, um, Guzan was outstanding. I thought that he played really well. He had some great stops, and um, I mean, the goal was definitely not his fault. Here, let's see if I can do this real quick. Yeah, if not for Guzan, I think that game that is work easily for a three or four one game without a doubt. Uh, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, I can see that. Perfect. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of cheating because we can see what uh, who scored has already ranked all of these players. But um, I mean, we already mentioned Castro being the the low spot of the night, and it seems like their rankings seem to echo that, uh, as well as Pity being sort of the highlight of the evening. But uh, yeah, Brad Guzan, you know, he the one the one goal that we conceded. It's definitely not on him. He's got a one on one with absolutely zero support. Um, and ends up letting that goal get by him, but ends up saving several others that without that, it could have easily been a three or four point game. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think, okay. So Mesa and Robinson, it's interesting how who scored has this because I felt like Mesa and Robinson were pretty solid. Um, I felt like Escobar played really well with the exception of the, the goal that was, 
given up because I felt like he got, and, and maybe I mis, misjudged what I watched, but it definitely, and I'm prone to do that. I'm not a technical, a tactical wizard, but like, it seemed like Franco got caught too far out and was struggling to get back. And um, well, he did. And it, it wasn't, you know, the biggest problem I had with Escobar all night was that his defensive style was less so a contained tactical approach to defensive playmaking as well, as much as it was just charge in full clip and poke at the ball. And it was, you know, anytime he won a challenge, it wasn't with any sort of control to where he was able to redistribute, it seemed like. And that was exactly what took place on that giveaway where I think he's the first person that makes contact with that challenge. And then the ricochet bounces down to the Red Bull player that ends up uh, passing it forward to to have that open shot on goal. But um, Okay, so there, there are two things here. So Bill Holcomb is saying that Meza and Robinson got burned for the goal, but then Brian says they got hung out to dry. And I am completely with Brian on this because in a, in a three-back, what I witnessed was in a three-back, the third center back getting too far up, and then, and to your point, poking and um, – screwing that up it was too far was, and too far over to the sideline yeah, i mean no, they, they sure. did not hold that central position whatsoever and bella was too far up the field to track back and cover yeah for sure but to that point though and this is where you know going back and watching it i was super disappointed what is it four minutes in giving up that goal but again going back watching it again that pass from kaku was a pretty amazing assist. Like it was, so it was a combination of things, right? So Franco gets out of position. Miles and, and uh, Meza are too spread out. They're spread thin in the back and below has a lot of room to run, but the split second to make that pass the way that Kaku did it, you have to give a lot of credit to him more than probably. And I mean, uh, Velo put it away very calmly um, and beat Brad Kuzan. But like two things can be true at once, right? Like we made mistakes, but at the same time, they that was a hell of a goal. I felt like, yeah, yeah, I that, and then I mean the rest of the game. You know, I I was kind of hoping that Frank would make some adjustments defensively, and it kind of echoes what Brittany S was saying, which was back four or not for next game, and she doesn't think Frank will do it. I think this was a game where he really needed to make that adjustment. As high as Red Bulls were pressing. And as little movement as we were able to get in the midfield, it's almost like you needed to have Bellow pull back. And that was not the case. He was consistently up on the other 18 and they were just launching balls from past midfield, trying to play it up to either him or Brooks Lennon on the wings with very little development in the midfield. I felt like from Heinemann or Adams. You know, I feel like so much of, even though we won the possession, I feel like all of our possession was in our third of the field. We had very little in the middle third where we were actually creating opportunities or making any positive movement to distribute to those wings. Any distribution came from the backfield to the wings and then was just sort of heaved over centrally and nothing was being done. So you've got all your playmakers that are good in one-on-one scenarios like Joseto and Martinez. I mean, Martinez obviously creating a lot of the opportunities that we did see in those close quarters, but the others just seemed to be completely absent. I mean, I, I don't know where Joseto was the entire game. And I, and I know I'm kind of jumping ahead a couple of positions here, but um, so to that point, I guess, what were your thoughts on the midfield with um, Heinemann and Adams, Bellow and Lennon? 
I thought Bell and Lennon played well. I, I thought that um, I think Brooks Lennon seemed to cover a lot of ground. I felt like he was in the right place at the right time a lot of the time. And then George Bellow, I thought, again, was one of our best players. I know that this whatever who scored says that he's not. I, I felt like his bright spots on the field were uh, they got me very excited because you realize just how good of a player he is and how much potential he has. And whenever he's on and healthy, he realized that potential is realized on the field pretty quickly. Heinemann and Adams though. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been a defender of Emerson Heinemann ever since he came. I, I thought that he had a, a pretty unremarkable game um, aside from the shove that he didn't get called on, which, could have ended up in a shot. It, I think it was only it was Petey's only shot on frame probably in a while that he uh, that Emerson Hyman ended up assisting whatever he ended up making the play on. But um, Mo Adams, I don't know. I get this weird. I feel like he's just very hit or miss to me, and I think it probably has more to do with the the lineup or the uh, formation that we play and where he gets put into that place, because we've seen him play really well and be serviceable. We've seen him disappear during games and then just be completely caught out a lot. Um, so I don't know. Part of me wonders if we don't see Lorenowitz taking that position um, and what happens whenever Barco comes and, you know, plays on when we play, yeah. we play Thursday, right. Um, yeah. Against Cincinnati. And that'd be a good game to reintroduce Barco and maybe reintroduce uh, Lorenowitz into the lineup. I don't know. Um, I felt the, the the midfield I felt was our, it was just very, very lacking, um, at least in the center of the field. I thought the wings were, were, were fine. Agreed. I think my biggest issue on the wings was less so on Lennon's behalf and more so on Bello. I think the problem that I have with Bello, because you ask more out of our, uh, left wing back than we do out of our right. So so Lennon is is rarely tracking back to play defensively because Escobar does play end to end so much. It's more so that like that back three transitions from Mesa Robinson and Escobar to Robinson Mesa and Bello or Robinson Mesa and Mulraney. Like th that's the transition that occurs. It's, it's it's shifting those three back and forth with whether Escobar is up top or Bello's up top. And I think that's where Bello got exposed the most is that he hasn't worked that shifting into play yet and I think that could have also maybe come back to the goal that was scored where Bello got pulled a little bit farther forward and Escobar was already so so much farther forward where he really could have been further back to help cover some of that. So it's like that shifting of that back line as it rotates and moves forward on one wing versus the other is something that I hope to see Bello get a little bit more comfortable with as the weeks go on, because that's, that's really what I thought his biggest issue was as far as his playmaking ability though. I thought he was fantastic. You know, I, I thought defensively, whenever he was in position, he was great too, but you know, he, he has arguably the best chance on goal that Atlanta has all night, except for um, Adam John's header, which uh, I think Brian had mentioned, but um, you know, he, he puts a screamer in on that crossbar that, you know, is is right on target that is just a, a hair shy of going in so 
I thought Bellow had a great night. I thought Brooks Lennon had a great night as well. Um, Heinemann and Adams, you know, I thought Heinemann was really forgettable for the most part all night. Adams has a couple of good plays, but again, for both of those guys to be uh, central midfielders, I just thought overall centrally, I felt like Pity Martinez was the one central midfielder we had consistently all night. He was the one player that I saw creating opportunities or moving the ball laterally in the middle of the field more than anybody else. Anytime it got to Heinemann or Adams, I felt like they were either dropping it back or skying it forward. It, it, there was very little drawing defenders or drawing other midfielders to try to create uh, a beneficial opportunity moving forward. So, yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's just to go back to my comment about formation. I feel like Emerson Hindman and, and Mo Adams, they do excel whenever they're in the center, but they have somebody else to, you know, play make or somebody else to kind of take that pressure off of them. I feel like the, the combo of those two is not going to be, it's, it's one, not a sexy combination for sure. Yeah. Right. It's not a creative combination. You have a guy in Emerson Hyman who's really out there to be very sure-footed to to keep possession, to not put a you know whatever, not put a foot wrong, play play smart passes. And Mo Adams, who we've seen mostly, I mean, we've seen him deployed on the back line before, and seen him deployed as you know as a what, number six. And I, I don't know, I don't I don't like the combo. I don't think it would work. Um, how much do you think? Um, well, let's see. So. Brian Daniels, the comment I pinned, he's saying Barco for Castro will solve a few things. I think that's for sure, right? I mean, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, people in the trap talking about, uh, who was it, Elliot, even saying, I want this tournament to end so we can bring in Jurgen Dam and Eric Lopez. But, um, you know, two new signings. But, um, yeah, I mean, that front that front three was uh, – it was really yeah. a front one. I mean, our front three was a front one. It, it, yeah. was, it was Pity Martinez, and that was about it. Yeah, they definitely – who scored definitely doesn't have the formation correct. But at the same time, um, I wonder what – don't they have a – sorry, I'm going to scroll, scroll around real quick. Okay, take a look at the heat maps and see where these people ended up on the field, right? Because that's that's really a better indication. So if we took off everybody and we just – I don't even know if I'm allowed to show this. I don't care, I guess. What are they going to do? Demonetize us with our yeah, monetization? There's, there's a we, reason why we're using the free version of StreamYard at this point. <laughs> they got no money. Um, so Hoseto, I mean, it's, you know, his um, his heat map was definitely um, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's, I'm not reading this correctly, but his is definitely kind of more um, I mean, for somebody who is technically deployed as the the front, I mean, he's not really up there very no, much. No, I mean, his – yeah, exactly. It and then Castro like... just completely on the left side, or, or uh, I guess that would be – yeah, on the left side. Um, yeah, is he, he's he's more – he's back on our half of the, the midfield line than he is forward, and you're asking him to be a forward as far as Hoseto is. Now, meanwhile, look at Pity, who's the – probably the farthest forward player we have out of the entire lineup. I would argue maybe Brooks Lennon. It'd be interesting to see Brooks Lennon and Bello. I think they're probably up on the touch lines on either side of the eight. <laughs> I mean, well. look, look at a man who he's, he knows his job. Right. Brooks Lennon. He's <laughs> like, I need exactly. to play to the right side of the field. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, who are we going to look at next? Heinemann? No. Uh, Very Bello. much in the middle. 
I mean, Bellows um, probably much of the same. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, Did you do Bellow? I'm on a that's little Bellow bit of a right lag. There. I'm on a little bit of a lag on the on the YouTubes. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to see him a little bit uh, further back than forward, but I think that I think that you maybe want that back just a slight bit more. Again, I think that there were just there were just several several times. It, it wasn't a consistent basis, but just him keeping his head on a swivel, and he's really just got to know. It, it's it's weird, right? Because he's on the opposite side that Escobar's playing on, but that's really his point, man, to know when he needs to shift and move. At least from what I can tell on what they're trying to do from a positional standpoint. Yeah. So I think they're they're definitely positives to take away from the game. I think, to your point, just talking about Bella, like people being more comfortable with each other in the back, I think that might have lent itself also to the being out of position and not having coverage and that sort of thing. It's like four months off, two guys who were injured the last time we played, and then everybody keeps reintegrating with one another. It's, it's definitely going to take a little bit, but... I, the this Cincinnati game on Thursday is the game we need, and we need it desperately. So to that point, who puts you in a better position going into that game, whether defensively or offensively, uh, to Elliot Beaven's question, should we start Mulraney or Bello in the next game? They both look good. And uh, my vote would be for Bello just based on what he was able to do offensively this past week. Well, I'm not crazy, right? I mean, not that I want to take Brooks Lennon out, who is one of the bright spots, I guess. Um, we have, if I'm not crazy, I want to say at some point we have seen Jake Moraney deployed at right wing back, right? I don't I feel like maybe early on in preseason or earlier on in the season. I, saw I, don't, that, but. I don't remember that. I, I, all I can remember is him being on that left side. Okay. I might be crazy. But yeah, um, I would. I'd rather see Bella. I think. I think Mulraney. I. I love to see him come in because of um, kind of the pace that he Anton walks is who you're thinking of. Anton walks is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's what Bill Holcomb mentions. I forgot that he was playing in preseason in CCL. I completely forgot about that. Gotcha. Oh, the studio chat room. It looks like that they give us. There we go. It was, it was lagging behind a little bit. It's our first time doing remote in a long time. It's kind of weird, but it's been a little it, it better than I thought it would be. Oh, I forget that we get live comments. I was watching YouTube and following Why? the trap. I forget that we Go have the, the live comments, comments. In, the, in our studio session. Oh, that's so much better because, like, whenever I was looking at it before, I was having yard. to gauge what whether you were about to talk or not on a slight delay. This is way better. Way better. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, if only great. this had the Zoom. I wish this had the built-in Zoom green screen with uh, StreamYard. And they, well, they if, have a green screen feature, but it's like you have to have an actual green screen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I I have one in the in the closet. <laughs> I'm gonna just drape it over the wall. Get go. on conference calls and do that. Just, but just paint the wall green. Yeah. So especially to get the glare, so it doesn't actually key yeah. out and everything. Yeah. Dude, I didn't realize how bold I was until I saw a light shining off of this dome whenever we started recording. It's like I waxed it or something. It's pretty awesome. I remember drawing characters that have bald heads and you put the little like triangle like glare spot on yeah. their heads. Yeah. You got Shit. that going on right now, boy. Yeah, this is blinding. <laughs> oh, good Ooh. grief. It's awful. Yeah. 
But yeah, there's, there's to, that. To, we got to Bill Holcomb's point. I remember my first time doing this podcast. Yeah, it does feel like the first time. First of all, we're remote, which is, you know, we we strayed from doing that um, a couple of years ago just because of the connection issues and stuff. And there's just something to be said about having a conversation in person. So that alone has been a little weird being remote and having a video conference. Luckily life has prepared us for it on a regular basis at this oh, yeah. point. For the last four months I've been doing podcasts uh, <laughs> regularly. Everybody's with, a with podcaster clients. now. Yeah. True. <laughs> You should feel comfortable now. You like imagine now everybody who's working from home going and taking a public speaking class and and exactly college. like you exactly. would ace it. Exactly. It's everybody so- should just change whenever they're like, oh, I've got a video call. I've got a podcast. Like everybody's a podcaster now. Yeah, You're great. And you, you can it. record it with with Zoom and WebEx and even Google Meet now. You can record it so you can practice. You listen you to yourself. Torture yourself like we have over the years. Exactly. Listen to your own voice for an hour. Still do. Still Put do. Put yourself on 1.25 speed. And then exactly. it's, you don't recognize it anymore. It makes it a lot more tolerable. I put myself on 0.5 speed. Just, yeah. You sound just like a tranked bear. What are you sipping on? What do you got, Bullet? No, I got a bottle of this Woodenville. It's a new bottle that I had gotten. I hadn't had it. I like it. A couple of stores have some store picks, some single barrels in right now, but this is just their regular bourbon. I'm a fan. Yeah. We're going to try and cheers. So you would do yours. But how come it doesn't go into... What if, like, all of a sudden you just saw it come across on your screen? You're drunk. You need to get Angie to stand just slightly off camera (laughs) to just give the illusion. That we have white claws in the house? (laughs) The illusion that we have white claws in our house? Oh, okay. So, group stages. Do we have any ratings or reviews? (laughs) We have, we're up what did I see? We were up to like 188 or 189 or is it 208? Uh, Our goal was 200 this year, but we have not hit it. I don't think. Um, I don't know. I don't think we did. Uh, we were at like one. We were at like we're 189 at, or something. Like it's that. 188. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're definitely not going to hit it now. It's like we're starting from scratch. At least I thought that's what it was going to be. I thought we were going to get in here and just be talking to ourselves. What yeah. was that wrong? But we have the faithful, the, the faithful and the, the trap. Um, and this isn't going, is this on, this isn't on uh, Periscope? No. Periscope, right? That's on no, the paid the version. The free version, we only get YouTube. We get one stream on the free version. So. Tune in next year to help support our podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's- laughs> um, Houston and LAFC are playing right now, and Memo Rodriguez has two goals, and Houston's up 2 1 over uh, Bradley Wright Phillips in the uh, LAFC. How much stock? I asked this question um, on Twitter. How much stock do you put into the tournament? based on the fact that we have two teams that are out in FC Dallas and uh, Nashville. And then you have major players like the league MVP last year and Carlos Vela sitting out rightfully. So I think it's the right decision. You know, he's, they have a baby on the way. He's staying home with his pregnant wife. I, I totally get it. But how much stock do you put in it whenever it's 
completely upset the apple cart in their group where teams are not really playing the full scope of what a potential LAFC lineup would have been. Um, I don't know. And then you look at the other side of this game, even Christian, Christian Ramirez, he's uh, staying out too, right? Cause he and his wife just had their second child. Um, I, it's hard to tell because I don't even know. So Bill, Bill Holcomb said stock for what the results, he means the regular season that won't happen after this is done. <laughs> that's, that's my biggest thing is like, I don't know. I feel like they're making things up as they go along. It's like, Oh yeah, we'll have a tournament to replace the season, but the group stages will, those points will count towards the regular season, but we don't know when the regular season's going to be. And we're going to play it in this cesspool that's just infested with COVID down in Florida. Like, we're going to make the best decision imaginable. Um, at least they seemingly are doing a better job than the NBA, I think. But I don't – I really don't know, man. It's hard because there's no precedent for this. Like, in, in five years, ten years, first of all, the name is really stupid, right? I mean, the trophy – is it really going to be in your trophy cabinet? And it's going to – we were the 2020 MLS's back cup champions. <laughs> like, is that is that the term? Like, I really that- – I've just been wanting to see the merch and like t-shirts. Why did they make any MLS's back tournament t-shirts? Mm-hmm. The inaugural MLS's back tournament of champions. Yeah. But this it's just so stupid, right? Um yeah. because there really isn't a precedent, I don't feel like. I don't know how to feel about it. It's it's weird. It just goes back to that whole feeling of like it doesn't seem real. So it seems kind of harder to and you can you guys you know can you know talk shit to me if you want about this but it's it's hard to get up for a lot of these games i feel like because it just doesn't actually feel like a real season even like the it doesn't even feel like the beginning of the regular season so i don't know um i mean it feels real based on the way the attendance looks and it being played in orlando that's true that's good point um I think that is definitely going to make me put a little bit more stock into it. I don't know. I I, I think that there is something to be said. I was actually about confused. It. I thought they were still pumping in crowd noise for the Orlando game, <laughs> even though they were. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, there is something to be said. This is it's is like the the Euro to the to the CCL's World Cup, if you will, because right we're pitting uh, against ourselves as opposed to against the rest of the, I don't know. I'm trying to make some sort of comparison to make myself feel better and get up for this, but um, soccer is back, right? That's one good thing to take away from it. But, and there is something to be said about pitting yourselves against the rest of the league in a, like a winner take all tournament. But to your point, Carlos Vela is not playing two of the teams have been, were they sent home or did they voluntarily back out? I think that, they were sent home. I think For not MLS protocol, right? Yeah, I think MLS made them like it was MLS's decision to remove them from the tournament. Yeah. Okay. But I also find Do you, how much this is weird, but just a thought that popped in my head. How much is how much of this lack of enthusiasm on the tournament? Because I kind of feel – I mean, I was really excited to see Atlanta play. I still am. I mean, I'm excited to see them play. But you're right. It does feel different. And I don't know why. If it's the tournament, 
if it's the the setup, if it's the situation, I can't help but feel like it's just based on the the situation that the world is in almost. It's like it just seems out of place. Like it just seems like it's behind some plexi like it just like everything else in the world it seems like it's behind a plexiglass divider in some way like you're just 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 removed from it like it just seems slightly out of reach like you just can't really connect to it in the way that you could whenever you could actually experience games or even if you weren't going to games hear or witness real scenes from an interaction taking place between fans and an environment that's now been very um, sort of sterilized and cleaned up and, and taken aback from the environment that we've come to know and, and love about what MLS is in its own way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. I mean, we are all worried for the most part. Most sane people are worried about what's going on in the world, whether that's the pandemic itself, the effect that it's having on loved ones, whether financially, health, health related or otherwise. And yeah, the juxtaposition against what's going around in the world. It's like it should be something that should be taking us like helping us mentally and getting us excited for something outside of the uh, the pandemic. But yeah. Maybe that well, is. Well, right? it's like what what's what's one of the what's what what's everybody's we've talked about it multiple times on the show. One of the best parts about sports or the experience is the experience. And even whenever you're watching games, typically it's with friends and family and groups of individuals, which that isn't even allowed to take place. So it's like you're in this weird vacuum watching and talking about this thing that nobody's really able to share together because we're all still separated in some way. I think all of this stuff starts to paint the picture of why maybe we all have these emotions, regardless of the results or what takes place on the field. It's this weird separation from the events that are taking place. I feel like. Yeah. I don't, you know, uh, and you guys, if you, I, I would like to know in the comment, like coach Steve, says quality of play plus no crowd energy plus societal concerns. I think that probably nails it on the head. Like any, like people who are watching live or even in comments or tweet us or something like that. If you don't want to, I don't know if you're brave is not the right word, but like, if you're you know comfortable enough to let us know, like, are you finding yourself not enjoying or getting, getting as excited for this tournament as you thought you would going into it? Because I don't know. It's kind of hit me weird. Like I'm still excited for the Atlanta United games. Don't get me wrong, but the rest of it, it's it's not like the World Cup to me. Like yeah. schedule wise, like I'm not, you know, getting up watching the games from start to finish or having them on at least while I'm working. Well, and I think it's because we don't know what it what's it what's it gonna matter. Like how much stock do you put in it? Because nobody knows what the season looks like afterwards. If there's gonna be a season afterwards. You know, and we're all just kind of experiencing it together. and Nobody's really talking about it. So hopefully that's the good thing that we get out of being able to come back to recording and sort of sharing in the experience with everyone together is being able to have a live forum and conversation about it. Because I think that's been the weirdest thing about the whole pandemic and everything is like everybody's feeling and going through the motions in the exact same way, but we're 
all sort of bottling it up and not talking about it publicly because everyone is struggling in some way. And it's always a matter of, well, even though things are hard for me right now, or I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z, it could be a lot worse because I've seen other people that are struggling more. And so therefore I shouldn't feel this way, or I can only feel this way in a confined sense. And it's, so we're all just sort of suffering in our own little quarantine space. And it's, it's making it really tough to deal with that. Yeah. Right. Like Bill Holcomb says, I just want some Arby's. Is that too much to ask? I think you can yeah. still get Arby's. You can go through a drive. No, you can still get Arby's. Bill has yeah. been Bill has been a quarantine trooper. Yeah, he I don't, is. He, I don't and, think he and his wife have left. The problem, the problem with Arby's. Bill being a quarantine trooper is that his Instagram posts, as somebody that has to deal with construction on a daily basis, <laughs> just makes me so triggered. I can't like. I get enough construction updates. I don't need somebody else to give them to me daily. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad he's learning about it, but I don't want any more of it. I'm already stressed out enough. But yeah, it has been a fun. It, it's been a fun ride to see how everybody's spent their quarantine and what they've done to uh, keep themselves busy. Congrats to Domer. By the way, I saw him in the trap. They got a new. They got a new cat. Oh, adopted that's awesome. a new cat. So that's pretty fun. What's everybody yeah. else doing? What's What's everybody missed the most aside from about us. normal life outside of quarantine? And what's what's something that nobody expected to do that they've done during quarantine um, to sort of pass the time or to do something new or whatever? Tim, you guys have painted the entire house from top Twice, to bottom. In some instances, exactly. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, we've I completely gutted this studio slash office, and it's in the process of becoming my like pretty permanent. I, I don't know if I'll go back to the office before the beginning of the year, at least on a regular basis. You, know, you have no idea. We yeah, anyway. Um, we put a rock pit into the backyard. So that's been it's been fun. That was a lot of work hauling like. A, a ton of rocks from the truck to the to the backyard. That was <laughs> that was fun. Um, finally saw Blood Mountain on Saturday. Never hiked it before. We went up there. That was fun. There you go. I don't know, man. You just spending a lot of time with my my lovely wife and and doing stuff around the house and um, you know, we still try and get out within reason on the weekends and like try and stay sane and try and make it to where it's not just blending with the rest of the week. But um, yeah, I mean, we still wear our masks everywhere that we go that we're in public and all that good stuff. What about you? How do I, how do I pull up people's responses? I can't, which do one do you want me to put up there? Just, just rotating through them. Brian says he's been reading Dune. Um. You'll be so reading that. Tell be yeah. You you won't be done with that before the uh, <laughs> before the vaccine is found. Coach Steve, he removed his own appendix to prove to myself I could. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, Elliot Beeman been trying to find. Oh, been trying to find that Dune. book. I guess. Yeah, book. Dune. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned spending spending time with Angie and stuff like that. I think that's been the other thing, and maybe why it's been so great to get back to recording too and seeing everybody in here is that. Uh, 
spending more time talking to people and spending time with the, the very limited social interactions that I've had seem to mean a little bit more. So that's been really great. Refinished the patio, the, the deck out back. It's been fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, just obviously everything else has been turned upside down. So it's just been whatever I could do around yeah. here more than anything. Um, there was something. Yeah, we've, can't remember now. I'm going to say we, um, we were already birders before this whole thing. And it's just been way oh, yeah. more. Yeah. Way more now. We have freaking bobwhite quail in our backyard right now. That's the weirdest thing because I don't think they're very wild anymore. And I think they just escape these farms where people go and hunt them and they just end up in your backyard. And then you have to call Kevin to find out what it what, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> because Old I didn't grow country. up with quail or going quail hunting. Old yeah. country as Kevin. Yep. Country as Kevin. That's for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. It but does yeah, feel good so, to be back. I mean, it is way. good. I'll put it this way. There, there is definitely some good to come out of this tournament and, and the league being back, Re- regardless of, irregardless of however removed we are from play uh, and the feeling of excitement about uh, the return to play. It is really exciting to be able to sit down and record, even if it's remote, however it is. It's fun to be like, okay, well, we got stuff to talk about now. So we yeah. get together on a weekly basis for as long as this thing lasts and figure it out one way or another. So, yeah. I ordered yeah. a sticker from Angie to help out some people who needed some bail. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's been an interesting time. And I, I don't think we're close to the end. I mean, George is setting daily records again. So I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So we're watching a ton of alone. That's oh, that's thing. what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. It was like, as if this, this entire experience isn't isolating enough. I started <laughs> watching alone. Which just, it's like, okay. You're fetishizing it. It's, it's, it's loneliness <laughs> porn. Like it's, it's, it's like I get it. I feel it too. <laughs> oh, I guess what I'm going to do right when we're done recording, go keep yeah. watching season five of Alone. I I think we should start because we don't do much other media aside from the show. Um, I feel like we should start making posts on our Home Before Dark social media pages along the same lines as Alone. Where it's just like day forty-seven, <laughs> just like weird little blurbs at the bottom, like. <laughs> and then how many miles away you are for? Like it just goes between our houses. Exactly. <laughs> we need to get some good drone footage that goes into like by our houses. If you guys haven't watched it, it's a great, great show. It is. Um, Netflix has one season up. Hulu has all of the seasons, I believe. Uh, History.com is streaming the first two seasons for free. But Hulu um, only has three through six. Okay, yeah. So they have three through six. History.com has one and two, and um, Netflix has six. So at least watch the one on Netflix. Ooh, I like Bill Holcomb's idea. Should we? I like do- his idea for whenever we get booted from the tournament before the knockout stage. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're gonna we're gonna have like two weeks of content. Be, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> what now? See you next year. <laughs> See you for the next MLS is back tournament. Should we do a book club with some new Netflix show? I really like that idea a lot. Um, yeah, supermarket sweeps on Netflix now. <laughs> That's the other. No, I haven't been watching that, but I, I've been watching Hannibal too. Um, I had watched the first like two seasons, and I had that's forgotten. that Lin Manuel Miranda play, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the Lin Manuel musical about the guy that kills and eats people. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I've been watching that a ton too, which is uh, <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Whenever your eyes feel really dry, you just put it on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my allergies are killing me. I need to moisten my eyes. Oh man. So yeah, I think that'd be awesome. We do a do a book club, maybe. Um, oh, Love is Blind. Don't worry, we already burned through that. Pretty great. Got Tim was so skeptical, and then uh, you guys watched the one episode, and yeah. <laughs> it was like two days later. It's like we just finished it. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it turned on. Uh, what was the other one? Too hot to handle. Tried it. Oh yeah, I yeah, choked I, I, that I, one down. Yeah, I was gonna I say, choked don't... that one down. <laughs> don't act like you didn't watch that entire. Thing. That was the beginning of quarantine. We just had to hunker down. I don't know how long we're gonna be here. Just do it. <sighs> huh. But yeah. yeah, we'll have to do that. Uh, we'll get we'll, whenever some new things come out or whatever. Uh, that'd be that'd be a really fun idea to do a a book club, and we can maybe have a rotating. Because we did that what once whenever we were doing uh, banter was we did a book club with uh, comic books. We did mm-hmm. um did Superman right? What was the what was the arc that we read? Um, uh, Red Sun, Superman, Red, Red Sun. That was a super good. Super good arc. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. And then we could rotate out having guests on and talk for a few minutes with everybody and get their thoughts. That'd be fun. I like that idea. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, we got to figure something out. Yeah. We got to keep this train. You got to keep this train rolling, man. Yeah. Two, two. How do you feel Um, about Thursday? How are you feeling about Thursday? How am I feeling about Thursday? Uh, if Barco comes back and he's healthy, uh, especially against that team, I feel really good. I, I, I didn't take much negative away from the game this past week. There was there was negative. Don't get me wrong. I think defensively that stuff can be fixed. That can be resolved. It, and the developments in the midfield, I think that stuff. I, I, I didn't see anything so egregious that I don't think it can be fixed with some tweaks in the lineup and some jitters being resolved, and particularly with Barco being back. Um I'm I'm thinking two nil Atlanta Thursday. Say two nil. Yeah. Okay. I think we get up to Schneid for sure. Like I, I think the thing is going to be fighting Red Bulls for second place in this in this group. Who do you think takes first? Uh, Columbus. You think? Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're the better team in this. And, and again, it might be just the fact that they were playing a horrible team with a new manager whose club couldn't even get the picture of the manager correct whenever they did the announcement on Twitter. <laughs> poor so Yaks Dam. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just poor guy. 
<laughs> Poor guy. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think we definitely win this game. Um, hopefully, I don't know. It might come down to goal differential. Um, so we can figure that out. And just hope for a draw between the other two. And they, they both play on Thursday or they play on Friday. I can't remember how these things overlap. The tournament's kind of wonky because of the, um, what you call it, the, the unevenness of the groups. No, they've, they've rebalanced the group, so it's all even now. Oh, is everything re? Not everything's not rebalanced. Oh, in the East, at least, I guess. No, no, everywhere. It's six. It's six groups of four. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. I'm stupid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Trying to find the schedule. I can't find the damn schedule. Where is ESPN at? All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Bill's right, and maybe we do want a, a New York Red Bulls win right now. Why? Why does that help us? Because that puts them both on three point. Or no, I guess that puts them on no. six. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Huh. Why? Why would you want to win for Red Bulls, Bill? I don't understand that. I would rather a draw. Yeah, me too. Um, even though that puts them both at four points, and then we would end up with three. So I guess. Right. I don't know. But that gives us know. a fighting chance in our third game. That's what I'm saying. A draw, a draw's best best case scenario going into the third game, with with what possibilities we have keeps Columbus at three points, but that puts that puts Red, Red Bulls, Bulls at six. But so if, we if have, it's a draw, we yeah. have a potential to jump both of them yeah. in the final the, game. That's what I we understand. have the nine a.m. game, and then um, Columbus and New York play at ten thirty p.m. So yeah. Who do you think that wins that game? Um, Columbus. I think Columbus wins that game. Okay. I just have a feel. I I don't know. They're a good team. What do you, why? What are you thinking? I don't know. I mean, I'm just talking shit because I didn't watch the Columbus game. Um, but New York seemed like a really well put together. I mean, I, I could see that being a draw. I mean. Yeah, I don't really know, man. I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows. Nobody freaking knows. Everybody's going to beat Cincy, Will. There's no doubt about that. If yeah. Oh, that's a good question. If Cincy beats a team in the group, who is it? Is it Atlanta United? <laughs> I don't want to answer that. I plead the fifth. Of of the three, of the it might three, be. Yeah, yeah. Based on based on what we saw in but nothing the first guarantees game. that they have to. Yeah. Who if if Cincy beats a team in the group, who is it? Brittany S says uh, Red Bulls. Interesting. Um they have the best chance, I think, of beating us. I think of so the, too. Of the other three. I think so too. That's not good. But they don't what guarantees them a win? Like this isn't I'm just I don't know. Why are you trying to like instill this really irrational fear in people <laughs> that we may lose to a horrible team? That's the world we live in. It's just fear and panic, Tim. Anxiety. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's definitely a, an anxious world that we live in. <laughs> Kevin always does this dark shit. Yes, I'm pinning that comment for the rest of the the rest of the episode. <laughs> he did this before the cup. Again, this is what I deal with every time Clemson's in a big game. <laughs> every freaking day. Oh, I just it just I can't do it. They're gonna lose. They're gonna lose so bad. They're gonna lose. Oh. You ever see your face and say, I can't believe that's my face. It's like I- <laughs> Michelle says, can we talk about smoothies? It's 9 p.m. Oh, yeah. What are we talking about smoothies for? What smoothies? I can't what drink them unless Why? they get them without bananas. Or meat because of the gout. Hey, I've been risking things. I've been grilling burgers. Have you really? Yeah, I grilled some burgers the other day. They were good. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, I had about a, about a pound of red meat this weekend. I had a bison burger for lunch, and then I had a sirloin steak for dinner, and my farts were out of control. So same <laughs> night, I had a quarter-pound hamburger followed by a pound of shrimp. <laughs> I ate 36 shrimp from the grill. That's – Yeah. A pound of shrimp is what? 36? Did you say 36 shrimp? 36 of that count, yeah. <laughs> I ate a lot. I ate a lot of shrimp. But we had, that, was the day we, that was the day we hiked Blood Mountain, so I felt better about it. <sighs> um, yeah. It's a pound. I could eat more than that, too. I could oh eat so many God. shrimp. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, deep, but, but with the vein, right? You need that like little bit of extra grit. Mm, yeah, for texture change. Yeah. Exactly. It's the crunch factor. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> oh, God. Um, what is everybody's score predictions? Mm. Yeah. What was yours? You didn't say Oh, um, three nothing. And Bill Holcomb's right. He said I should have hiked Blood Mountain then eaten Meat Mountain afterwards. <laughs> Did you hike Blood Mountain after eating a pound of shrimp? That was the next day. No, it was the same day. That's the okay. reason I had that voracious appetite. I was gonna say yeah. you would not have made it up that mountain with all that sitting in there from the day before. No, all that I done. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Three one Atlanta for Michelle. Three one Bill uh, to the good guys for Atlanta. I'm guessing he says we're the good guys. I don't know. One nothing Atlanta for Brittany. Yes, Coach Steve says his granddaughter says two one. What's your uh, score prediction though, Coach Steve? Are you just letting your is that is that your bookie? You naming your bookie your your granddaughters that we it's it's the code. He used four, to get away from the feds. Four nil Atlanta, Elliot says. Wow. Petey's just gonna put on a clinic. Hey, if if Mikel Antonio can score four goals, Petey Martinez can score four goals. We'll see it happen. True. Yeah. True. Uh, speaking of the EPL, I know you didn't watch. I don't. I know you don't watch it. Uh, oh, very I'm a huge much. fan. Yes, at all. Yeah. Did you happen to see the the hubbub? Man City got their Champions League ban. Revoked? I did see that. I did see that. Like, 
what's the point of financial fair play? Just lift the sanctions. It's just like steroids, man. It's like, I want to watch the Lance Armstrong documentary because of, because I think from what I've heard, it's pretty fascinating. And I, I don't care. I think this is pretty uncontroversial, but whatever. I don't think he was really cheating in the context because everybody dopes in that sport. Yeah. Just li- like everybody dopes in a lot of sports, right? Just lift the damn restrictions at some point because you're going to let certain people get away with it. Um, or teams like this, they could just buy their way out of the, out of that. It's uh, anyway, it's just, it sucks. Like just re- remove all the steroid restrictions. Well, didn't Daniel Tosh? Didn't Daniel Tosh have a bit about that where he's talking oh, about maybe I want I want all my I want all my sports to be the best possible if, if whatever that means is like your life sucks after sports anyway. Who cares if your body's wrecked afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> like whatever's gonna make you run faster, jump higher, do it. <laughs> yeah, it's um. <laughs> SNL did that bit, I think maybe in the 80s, late 80s, um, early 90s. But they did like the all steroids Olympics or all drugs Olympics down in Colombia <laughs> is what it was, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure. This, but a guy was like so jacked up on on roids that he was uh, um, like deadlifting like 1,500 pounds or something like that. His arms just pop out of their sockets and just start oh. – my god yeah anyway and his um, arms pop out of his sockets and start lifting their own weights is that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah the lance armstrong thing i feel like is something we could talk about a lot but um i don't know who's the favorite for this tournament right now oh that's a good question Um, it's a good question i don't know uh, can we look at MLS's back tournament odds? I don't know if that exists. We'll see. It's probably some sort of Audi index that you have to pay for and doesn't really exist. Uh, looks, uh, you know, it's on. It's on. Uh, hold on, I got you right here. Hold on. Um, oh, here we go. The actionnetwork.com. Yep. Here, I'll put it. I can put it, pull up, it up on, on screen share. So uh, let's let me get see that comment here. off the screen. So LAFC is the favorite, and Toronto FC. So it looks like it's just based off of which, rightfully so. I mean, it's based off of XG. Of, well, XG and last season's standings and results. You know, LAFC, huh. Toronto what, FC. Third? LAFC is best is supporter shield winner last year. Toronto FC, who ends up going to the championship. Uh, Atlanta United, who's pretty close to it. Red Bulls being so high is a little surprising. Um, Philly and then NYCFC. Seattle, who – Seattle won last year, right? Yeah, Seattle won the tournament – or so, won the cup last year. Yeah, so that's a little interesting. Did they have some major turnover in their organization that I'm un- unaware of? For them to be – one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seventh, you know, seven places down in in these odds. That seems strange to me. Cause I mean, really all you have to go off of is last. I mean, we only had two games before everything got put on hold. That's that's a little weird to me. Yeah. So 
Brian, Brittany asked, Coach Steve, Elliot, even all said Columbus whenever we asked who the favorite was. Man, if looking at the betting odds, if you would have taken Columbus going into it, you'd be pretty set, right? I mean, plus 2,200 odds right now. So, yeah. meaning, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, betting wizards, betting sharks, but I believe that means for every $100 that you put down, you would get $2,200 back. Um, so, 2,200. I did not really. Seattle only had a plus three goal differential last year. <laughs> That's the the beauty, the beauty of the playoff system. But yeah, did not realize that. I mean, I so know they had a really slow start last year. I didn't realize that. That's how they finished the season. That's crazy. I feel like these betting uh, the betting houses knew about Nashville getting out. I was going to say they definitely had Nashville right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at the same time, Dallas isn't in this list, so this must have been pretty re- recently. And they probably how bad does that must suck? Like how bad does that suck for? Because um, I'm not crazy, right? I'm not. I don't see Dallas in this list, but um, that they were probably like Nashville might get sent home. Let's give them plus eight hundred odds. FC Cincinnati's definitely playing. Let's give them plus eight thousand odds too. I guess the same. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. It's like how disrespectful like is that? probably going to go home. We'll set it the line at 8,000. But since he's playing, we'll set that at 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's crazy. If I was Yap Stam, I would have just been like, nah, I'm going back to Holland. Like, I'm not. <laughs> that's all right. I don't. You can't get my picture right. This team is obviously terrible. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh gosh. And That's a great. little live look at the uh, Cincinnati or the Houston game. It's three-one Houston right now to LAFC at halftime. That's rough. I mean, LAFC is going to be really climbing up by. Uh, well, this this goes again. This goes back to like how much stock do you put into these games? Where would that scoreline like who can who's to say would that scoreline be the same if Carlos Vela is in there? Which I mean, and it looks like LAFC is dominating the possession battle right now. Why are you circling your wallet cookies for some reason? Why do you keep hovering over that? Are you trying to tell the trap what you want for your birthday or something? Somebody's got a Christmas coming up. This 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 podcast is brought to you by Bellroy uh, making the most <laughs> durable leather wallets with a low profile both wallets contain the same 10 cards and cash as this George Costanza wallet from <laughs> the one that gives you back pain yeah <laughs> ooh let's see uh Brad Favre's down here let's just go to the all the all this family <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's fuck up my computer. We're about to open up some clickbait. Ooh, what's that wearable that can help us with simplifying our diabetes? Dan needs that. Has Dan been using your computer? Yeah. <laughs> my cookies are just glucose tests. Uh, we're losing it. All right. I got to stop sharing the screen. Otherwise, it's going to get... We should do that one night. Just... I'm going to get a really like an old device and we're just going to open up clickbait. I'll get my old ThinkPad out, see if that thing even boots up. I have to hook it up to a car battery. Oh, God. (sighs) All right, man. Um, This has been fun. I'm glad we were back. H H before D is back. Podcast tournament. 
All those other sucker podcasts suck. Mouths of the South, Soccer Down Here, Land United Fan TV, all of them. It's part of the culture. The, ru- the run up. What's that one? Kelly and John Nelson. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot that they were starting that this year. Um, oh, we do have fights on Wednesday night. Uh, I'm taking Brian's asking Calvin Cater or uh, Dan Ige. I think Calvin Cater is going to absolutely whoop Dan Ige's ass. Calvin Cater is a problem for that division. Boy, Usman is just division. so boring to watch. <laughs> Get over it. You don't have to watch it. It's just you can't beat him. Yeah, it's just like H before D. You don't have to watch yeah. it. You can't beat them. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, this was fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. Uh, be sure to tell people, if, if you got some friends that are new to the sport or want to get into MLS or haven't heard, be sure to spread the word. We really appreciate it. I mean, to see all of you guys show out tonight after such a long hiatus, we really appreciate it. So um, you can find us on all our normal platforms at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. Tim's been doing his best not to lose any of his fingers despite his best efforts. Um, you can find him on Instagram. Where can they find you at? You can find me at Tim Herb. You can find me in the love bubble. At the architect, that's at the underscore A R C number one T E C T. And uh you can find Dan. Old Dan James has been milling about. He had a I had a little FaceTime with him a couple of days ago, checking in with him. He seems to be doing okay. So um uh, you can find Dan at Dan James on all, all of the platforms as well. Hopefully we can set up a remote show with him. That'd be fun. Catch up with that. That sucker MC. But uh, thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, be sure to leave rating a review. However many number of stars, whatever the review is, we'll read it aloud on the show. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Bye, guys. Feels good to be back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park